Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And here we are on a Saturday afternoon, May the 4th. Harry Alexander and Bunker de France on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's Kentucky Derby Day. Yes, it is. It's, yeah. the, it's the day before Cinco de Mayo. That, Mayo. That is. Mayonnaise. You know, the uh, Cinco de Mayo, is the, people mistaken that for, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, probably the liquor industry is responsible for that. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's bigger here than it is in Mexico. I know, I know. Uh, but it is not the thing that... Uh, well, then Mexico has two independence yeah. days, independence from Mexico and independence from Spain, Spain and Maximilian. Mm-hmm. No, I, I said that wrong. Independence from Spain and independence from France. France. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a little... Uh, That's little, the one little emperor's, was, yeah, yeah, it was a little emperor's uh, buddy or son or some Nephew relation or there. something like that. Yeah. Uh, history. Well, you, had, you know, yeah. The, well, what are we doing today, Mr. Alexander? What are we doing? We're just doing a... And how know, do we get in touch with us so well, they can know what we're doing and talk and get after us about it? One thing before the other. Oh, do the do the one, the other before the fun thing. I can't put the horse before the cart. Well, I could, but it won't go anywhere. All right, so uh, what are we doing today? We are doing a variety of the things, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and some of the other thing as well. You're not being specific, Mr. You've got Alexander. that right. Come on, Grizzly. <laughs> What we are doing, we're going to talk about uh, our YouTube channel and some of the cool movies and uh, serials that are up there uh, for you to be able to watch. Do you have um, a particular one in mind today, by well, any I chance? Well, I got a couple of them. Uh, today? Uh, the Mysterious Writer, I think, is oh, going to be... sounds mysterious to yeah, me. It's going to be uh, one of them that we'll talk about as well as... Uh, that um well if somebody wanted to join the conversation oh that's right what would they do okay that's pretty easy uh it's all you have to do is pick up the horn and push horn like a like a buffalo horn that'll work cow horn uh yeah just push push the appropriate buttons on the device that you use to communicate with others Oh, the intercom. Yeah, well, no, and just uh, call 844-908-9378, 844-908-WEST. We also have an email address that you can uh, send us stuff. It's voicesofthewest at gmail.com. We're on the Facebook. You can also send us a message if you want uh, through Facebook. It's facebook.com slash voices of the west and uh, last but not least there's the youtube channel with uh i can't remember how many things we have up there there's a bunch there, yeah there's a bunch there's some voice past, voice, past voices of the west programs up there that, uh, that some of our best ones as well as uh, well they're all the best well you know but uh, some least so than others yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah but they're all the best yeah. And so uh, we've got that up there. Uh, we've got uh, cowboy well, you've serials. Got, got, we have Western uh, radio programming to the good old Westerns. You know, this is why you're here, because I forget. Between the two of us, we got half a brain. Which half? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bottom yes. half, probably. Uh, no doubt. On the, uh, uh, on the net, you can find us at... Uh, 
voicesofthewest.net, and uh, when you get there, uh, you'll see a nifty radio player on the right-hand side. Click that, and you can listen to the show live, or when we're not live, you can listen to some of that great cowboy music, and it is it grows every day. Uh, I'm back in yeah. Seattle again. Yeah, that's not Out where Starbucks <laughs> did begin, where you drink that laddie light. And I hope you have a bad night, because Starbucks ruined the coffee industry. (laughs) Bunker, bunker, bunker. What? What? I think that's great. That's great. Uh, You know, do we? We don't have a recording studio, do we? uh, I want to cut a forty-five on that. uh, What instrument are you going to play? Huh? What instrument are you going to play? Swinette. The (laughs) swinette. I'm afraid to, afraid to even ask. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens every Saturday uh, when we got this thing going here, and there's nothing really specific to talk about. There we have we have a topic. It goes right? all over the place. We're, we have a topic. We're the one that's off 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 base. I reckon you know? so. I reckon so. Well, let's. Hey, what, wait a minute, though. What what about old time radio programming? I was getting to that. Well, it's about time. Thank you. Uh, at 6 o'clock every Saturday night is uh, the Voices of the West presenting Old Time Radio uh, Theater. And uh, we've got uh, tonight Cisco Kid and the Adventures of the Cisco Kid and Pancho, as and well as the Tales of the Texas Rangers with uh, uh, Joel McRae. So those are coming up at 6 o'clock on Saturday, every Saturday, at uh, on the Voices of the Net West Radio well, you Station. know, kind of getting to the theme without getting to the theme, because you seem to be avoiding the theme. I see. Yeah. But the theme is, today, was we're going to talk about a movie called The Mysterious Writer. The Mysterious Writer. And, but, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I don't want to get into that just yet, but I, I'm using that as a segue. You like that? I do. That's pretty good. A segue into the fact that, from what you tell me, you can go on one of our multiple sites, our empire, the Voices of the West Empire, mm-hmm. and actually watch this movie. That is correct. You know, so tell us all about that. You know, there are no fences, so that you you can uh, just ride onto the range there and uh, check it out right fast. Um, at the YouTube channel for Voices of the West dot net. <clears throat> we don't have a specific address because we're not big enough quite yet. So. Pardon me. The uh, more people who subscribe to our YouTube channel, <coughs> pardon me, I'm getting choked up. I am. The more people who subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, the more, uh, well, more things we can put up there too. Plus, we will be able to get our own name, like YouTube slash Voices of the West, which is what we're aiming for. Anyway, what do we have up there? Well, let me go to all of the videos that we have. Let's oh, we, we're going to talk about more than just the one? Good. Go for it. Well, I'm going to say we have we have up here mm-hmm, we have up here some great Voices of the West programs. Uh, let's see. One of them. Well, we got one with Don Collier. Don't forget to mention Collier. Well, well Dang it. Collier's not on the YouTube. Here. Oh, well, he should be. He should be. We can put him up there. We do. We have a great interview up there with uh, uh, Bob Bozell from True West Magazine, and uh, it's about uh, uh, 
Well, the, the, it's about True West magazine. It's about True West magazine, but they've uh, they published a travel guide. If you want to oh, take an right. old West history uh, travel mm-hmm. uh, vacation, uh, that would be the place to find out uh, some of the the great ones there. Uh, Johnny Bencomo, a local musician, great we had musician. him on the show and uh, playing his guitar. His was it sixteen string? Yeah, sixteen string guitar. And uh, man, and his a, fingers never leave his hand. I know it's amazing. Yeah. The, the beautiful sounding, beautiful sounding. Uh, it's kind of like the uh, the organ in Notre Dame of the guitars. Yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah. That's a good uh, good way to phrase it. Uh, also up there is a serial called the Riders of Death Valley. Well, that's a good one. It we showed is. we showed it down part we of we showed down that at down the, at the ranch. ranch yeah and let me see here that is uh, who's in that Buck Jones is in that Dick Ferran is in that uh, Leo is, Carrillo Jr is in that um, is Hooter in that no Glenn no. Glenn Strange he should be yeah yeah Glenn, oh, Strange, Glenn Strange is in that uh, he's in today's film he is. Uh, also, uh, Roy Barcroft stars in that, uh, the, the quintessential bad guy uh, in that uh, serial. Um, I mean, it, it's a it's a great cast and lots of action. A lot of fun. Lots of Serials action. are fun. we got to do a serial mm-hmm. show one time. Yeah. Sometime. Like so that's up there. serials or something. There's 12 chapters, so they're run about 20 minutes apiece. So, uh, Generally, the first chapter is the longest, yeah. and then the rest of them are about the same length. Yeah. And then sometimes the last chapter will be mm-hmm. a little bit longer. And then I've also got another one up there, another serial that uh, was just starting to pop up there, is um, uh, Phantom Empire, <clears throat> starring oh, Gene Autry. That's, that was one of my first serials, and that's still, that's, I think that's for a lot of, a lot of old, us old farty codger, uh, codgers, that's our <laughs> one of our favorites. Yeah. It is just, it is, you know, it's... If, it's Star Wars with cowboys. It is. Uh, so far, just chapter one is there. As soon as I get off my butt and do some more editing, I can pop them up there uh, quickly. I think there's, and, you know, I think there's ten chapters in that one. And the thing is, by the end of the chapter, Gene always has to get back to the ranch for the radio show. Well, of course. That's how that works. Yes. Uh, the other, we got a Tom Mix silent movie up there. It's called Sagebrush Tom. It's just a 15-minute feature. It's not rated as uh, one of his best. Uh, it's just one of those that's kind of there. The, uh, Wait a minute. No, Tom Mix is never I, just there. I, I'm Tom just, Mix I'm, is always there. It's, I'm just saying what the critics have said. What do they know? Well, that's what I'm saying. So uh, this one, the, the uh, brief synopsis, he falls in love with a uh, girl on a postcard and goes and finds her. And that's the... Boy, she must have been tiny to fit a postcard. You know, I know. <laughs> it's like, in what's up, Tiger Lily? They live on this map. <laughs> and then uh, we've got the mysterious writer that we'll be talking about here shortly. Um, and another one that just made its presence today is Border Law, Buck Jones from oh. 1931. Buck Jones and George O'Brien are two of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one stars Buck Jones, Lupita Tovar, and Jim Mason. And uh, oh, he it's good heavy. He's yeah, good heavy. yeah. And so uh, th- that's that's up there. You know, it's it's an hour in length, 
which is pretty much how Perfect. long these things were. And uh, that's a, that's almost the same as sixty minutes. It, it is, and this is a hell of a lot more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is but, a moving picture. It is. It's a moving with, picture. Speaking, talking, yeah. it's a talkie. Yeah. So. That's kind of what we got up there. 844-908-WEST, 844-908-9378, the phone number to call for you to get on and uh, talk with us here at uh, Emil Franzi's Voices of the West for this Saturday, May the 4th. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I think it's about time we jump into the obscurity of our of our uh, feature film today. But before we do that, I have some coming attractions. Very well. Oh, I got a coming attraction that I'm going to throw in there before it goes away from my mind for good. The the great television series The Sun, starring Pierce Brosnan, has returned to AMC. Uh, Find it on your cable or satellite. Um, Wow. Damn good. Damn good serial. And? Or series. You you stirred my memory there. Yes. On HBO, May 21st. Hell, uh, Deadwood is Deadwood. back, you know, <laughs> after 10 years, and everybody has aged and moved on. A few people have died, and a couple of new people have moved into Deadwood, but uh, Swearington know. is still Al, Swearington. Al, Al, Al looks just like he did yeah. <laughs> 10 years ago, yeah. and just as crusty. Still watering the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great so, role. Yeah. Ian McShane did a yeah. fantastic job in that. Well, I, this is our coming attractions. This is stuff coming up here in Tucson. Uh, tomorrow, May 4th at 7 p.m., Young Guns 2 will be showing out at the uh, Old Tucson Outdoor Screening. Uh, the gates open at 5.30. The movie starts at 5. And uh, parts and bits and pieces of both Young Guns 2 was actually shot out at Old Tucson. Mm-hmm. So... If you get out there early enough, you can wander around and then and then look for the what you see out there. And, yeah. And then what you don't see because I think this was this shot before or after the fire. Okay. I can't. Seventy eight. Seventy eight. This yeah, this was shot before the fire. Yeah. So a lot of it will be no longer be there, but that'll still be fun. Also Sunday, out at the loft. Uh, The University of Arizona and Native American Student Affairs is presenting two uh, documentaries. They're free. You can't beat the price. They start at 6 p.m. The one is called A Scholar's Place, and the other one is Resiliency Through Running, and that's kind of the theme of both. Uh, The indigenous storytellers, Amanda Cherema from the uh, Pueblo Laguna, over in New Mexico, not too far from where my folks lived, and Alejandro Huera, Pascual Yaqui, one of our local boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. And the the first film is uh, just it's a document about the importance of running, how it fits into modern the modern uh, Native American mm-hmm. culture, mm-hmm. how it, it helps to keep. Uh, and hold and cohese mm-hmm. the tribal conditions. Sure. And the second film, which is, uh, what is it? Which one is it? That's, uh, yeah, Resiliency Through Running. It's a short documentary about the Pascual Yaqui uh, flag run. And they do that every year. And they run from the central homelands of Viacom Pueblo and Sonora up here into southern Arizona. Hmm. I had a friend of mine who's passed away, but uh, 
he was a highway patrolman, worked a ton of movies. Frank Soto, a great guy, one of the he had a he had a million dollar movie face. If he'd have been in L.A., he'd have been working all the time. <laughs> but great guy was very in, involved with the uh, young young men of the tribe, and he was always active in those type of events. And you know, it, it's funny because I, I'm just I'm digressing, but. Those are the kind of things that we as Tucsonans and people in southern Arizona should get behind and support, you know, the the Yaqui people, the well, Tohoto yeah. Odom, yeah. because they're part of our history, part of our culture. And hey, they were here before we were. Uh, yeah, they <clears throat> they had the first trailer park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's that's it, you know. A hell of a lot better than the one I'm in. <laughs> that's my coming coming distractions. Yeah, alrighty then. Okay, uh, let's see. It, before we get into talking about uh, this particular movie here, we're going to take our first commercial break. A mysterious break? A mysterious break. Ooh. Yes, indeed. Anyway, that's all coming up next, right here on Amol Franzi's Voices of the West. You do stay tuned. We will be right back. <laughs> Grandpappy told my pappy back in my day, son, a man had to answer for the wicked that he done. Take all the rope in Texas, find a tall old tree, round up all of them bad boys, hang them high in the street. For all the people to see. That justice is the one thing you should always find. You gotta saddle up your boys, you gotta draw a hard line. When the gun smoke settles, we'll sing a victory tune And we'll all meet back at the local saloon We'll raise up our glasses against evil forces Singing whiskey for my men, beer for my horses Abel Franzi's Voices of the West will be right back the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club has served Southern Arizona since its original incorporation in 1948. We have a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse with a restaurant and lounge, and we're open year-round for all your sporting needs. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Come out and join us at our world-renowned facility located here in the Old Pueblo, Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. For more information, call 883-6426. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. VOW Radio is on YouTube. Watch past Voices of the West talk shows, those old-time Western serials, and a few more surprises. VOW Radio, on YouTube. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Young as kid getting yourself an education in Southern Arizona. Right here. 
That county grand jury in Wyoming is made up of mostly all women. Well, you ain't gonna walk along there and tell me you believe a thing like that. Well, sure I believe it. All you have to do is read right there. The county grand jury has done more damage to the local cattle rustling than any jury before it. <sighs> That's terrible. It's awesome. It's just plain terrible. Well, they're doing it. Oh, and something else. You know, women down there can vote. Vote? Yeah. Women vote? Yeah. Oh! Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We are back on uh, Franzi's Voices of the West, Saturday for us. <clears throat> and we're here every Saturday at 4 p.m. doing this show live. And, uh, well, let's see, we heard... Uh, I'm we, with Festus. We <laughs> Women, vote! <laughs> oh, what's coming to this world? Oh, Lee. Uh, that's our good Jeepers. buddy. Festus Hagen. Man, oh, man. Festusisms out that there. That just ruined my whole day. <clears throat> that we can use. Anyway, we're talking about the uh, the flick here, The Mysterious Rider. This comes from 1938, and basically the uh, it stars Douglas Dumbrill, Sidney Toller, and Russell Hayden, and a variety of others. Let's see, we've got uh, Stanley Andrews in there. Uh, he's the old ranger from... Uh, uh, Death Valley Days. He was um, also the voice of Daddy Warbucks on the radio. Yes, he was. Weldon Hayburn plays uh, Jack Bellounds. Uh, Charlotte Field is Collie Wade. Monty Blue is in there. Oh, he was good. He was a big romantic he star. Was. As a he was. Uh, Earl and Dwyer. he was full-blooded Indian. Yes, he was. Earl Dwyer is in there. He plays oh. the part Sheriff uh, Burley. Uh, Glenn Strange. He, he was He was with, with the Singing Sandy. And Earl Dwyer. Earl Dwyer. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, singing was, Sandy films uh, with John Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Wayne shot him down like yep. the dirty dog that he was. <laughs> Glenn Strange also stars in this, and you know Glenn Strange is Sam from Gunsmoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, Sam, uh, Glenn did Three a, times Frankenstein. Yeah, Glenn did a number of uh, movies, I mean, oh. uh, all across the board, westerns mainly, and uh, usually a bad guy. He was from Weed, New Mexico, mm-hmm. and he was also part Cherokee. Is that like I did myself, not know that. You know, except he was taller than I ever was. <laughs> <laughs> and we had Leo uh, Leo J. McMahon in there, plays Montana, and Arch he Hall also Senior. Did, he also was an uncredited stuntman in there. Uh, who, uh, Glenn? McMahon. Oh, McMahon. Oh, yeah. interesting. So that's the essence of the cast there. <clears throat> the very brief synopsis of the movie, uh, Ben Wade, who is uh, played by... Um, who is that played by? Oh, played by Douglas Dembrell, uh, and uh, Frosty, who is played by Sidney Toller, uh, returned to the Bellound Ranch where 20 years earlier Wade was wanted for murder. Now, they don't recognize him, so he gets a job on the ranch and soon becomes involved in all the shenanigans. Did you know he on. had three character names in that? He did. Yes. What are they? Uh, Pecos Bill. Yeah. When also known as Ben Wade, and that's the and, one. And uh, oh, the Masked Avenger. No, no. Red Johnson. Red that Johnson. was the name he used at the ranch uh, because okay. he couldn't say his real name. 
because they, would, they know, would know who he was. And if they did Pocus Bill, they would have arrested him. Yeah. So he took on the name of Red. And I was just wondering if his character was redheaded mm, and maybe point. worked on the Bar 20 at one time. That might be. And had a hop. That might be. <laughs> hard to say. Never know. Hard to say. But anyway, um, that is uh, our cast and our brief synopsis. The reason I liked this movie and chose to put it up there was when I watched this initially, I saw scenery, all this exotic scenery. And I thought, where was that scene? I thought, you know, I think I know where that's at. I think I've walked some of those those trails, uh, and uh, it's old Tucson area. Well, there's a scene in there where they come riding up the road, and it's overlooking the valley. And I mean, the Avery Valley. Go go forty fifty years later and put a sign up over that that says. The high chaparral, and yeah. you got it. Well, that 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 particular stretch, they used that in a lot of pictures. I mm-hmm. think I think they used it. I'm not don't quote me, but I think part of that area was used in Arizona. Part of it was used in Partners with uh, Dean Martin and, mm-hmm. and Jerry Lewis. Because you know, and we, that's just something we never really uh, delved into. Because we're always talking about like Old Tucson and the Empire Ranch and the Circle Z, and uh, the White Stallion, but we never really talk about how much was filmed in the Aver Valley. Yeah. You know, the uh, Three Violent People was shot over there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, you know, the old saying, a saguaro is a saguaro is a saguaro, may be true, but the mountains behind them and the valleys in between, they're different. Well, and then you have the uh, saguaros that appear up in... Uh, uh, Phoenix, Apache Junction. Well, uh, I was going to go even further, farther north, uh, in Monument Valley... That uh, John Ford popped up there. Oh, for stagecoach. Hollywood, Hollywood saguaros, <laughs> the waving saguaro. <laughs> you know, there that is an art. I, I that they used to they, a bunch of them popped up in the Euro westerns and spaghetti westerns, mm-hmm. and I mean I've seen saguaros in those that couldn't have been more than four feet tall with, <laughs> with arms, five thousand arms, and you know, and and they're you know they're not they're by. When they're four feet tall, they're they're still yeah. babies. They don't yeah. have any arms. Well, anyway, that that's one of the reasons that that attracted me to this movie is uh, cactus. the cactus, <laughs> the exotic location, uh, Tucson, Arizona, Sonoran Desert, the Tucson Mountains, Rincon Mountains, and uh, up in Gleason and uh, over or down in Gleason rather, and uh, and uh, the Saguaro National Park uh, on the and, west. That's, then it was a national monument. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you're yeah. right. Yeah, it was a monument at that time, and it was only the west side. The east side didn't uh, yeah. had not happened yet. Um, but uh, I mean, you look at you. You can see yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff Teddy Roosevelt. Did. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't done by him? But right. that's what he did all across America. You you can see scenery in there, and if you're a huge western junkie and and know know some of those scenes you'll know that they're on the San Pedro and you know you left out one of the most art, iconic oh yeah the San Javier mission San Javier de Bach mm-hmm. mission mm-hmm. which goes all the way back to the early mm-hmm. like eight, 1918 I think mm-hmm. Selig and yeah. they were shooting out there yeah so uh, but neat cool stuff 
you know, it, the, the scenery is great. The story is... Mm, it's, it's a good story. I mean, it's a Zane Gray story. Okay? That's, that's right. And from the book, which was yeah. published in 1921. Yeah. But, you know, this is the thing that I, I've discovered about these things. You know, you, a lot of times, you know, we come into them kind of jaded, comparing them, you know, comparing them to... Uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, or whatever the heck mm-hmm. it is, and you know what? That this is 2019. That was 1938. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you think the people going to the movies then, it was big deal. It was it was it was the equivalent of going to see something today. Yeah. Well, and th- this movie is also known under a, another name, uh, the Masked Avenger, right? Yeah. It's the Mark, Master Mark of the Avenger, uh, yeah. and that was a t- the TV title. It wasn't the feature title, yeah. which is, was real common. You know, these old B-Westerns, uh, you start looking some of these up, and you, they'll have a, you know, a whole fistful of names, you know, because they change the name and sell it again. Well, and that, how... <laughs> It's really in, you, interesting how this got into uh, this movie is in the public domain, and it's really interesting how it got into the public domain, and that is because when Paramount sold uh, to the uh, the next company, it was Unity Television Corporation, um, the, the uh, they they did not. I think it's that that was the company. They did not uh, do the copyright proper. Well, Unity so, Ju- Unity was the initial. Unity Presentations was the initial company that did it. Uh, yeah, okay. and it yeah, you're right. Distributed you're right. it through Paramount. Stand, uh, yeah, in fact, I got a little, <clears throat> little note here on Unity. Um, they were actually based out of New York City, which was real common because mm-hmm. that's where the finances were coming from. Mm-hmm. Even even when the studios were at, at going full blast, the head office was always in New York. Yeah, <laughs> and but the thing is. Unity was noted as a producer of documentary, educational, and industrial films. So apparently, they uh, uh, dipped their toe in the water. And I don't. I'm got. I got to look further to see if it, it did any other films. Mm-hmm. You know. So, but you well, know. Unity was responsible. Let's see. Oh, you got the, some the light of the Western Stars, the winning winning the West from 1930. Fighting Caravans, Blazing Arrows, 1931. Thundering Herd, Buffalo Stampede, uh, To the Last Band, Law of Vengeance, Born to the West, Helltown, uh, Mysterious Rider, Mark of the Avenger, Heritage of the Desert, Heritage of the Plains, Knights of the Range, Bad Men in Nevada, well, of Nevada. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, you know. I'm going to do a <clears throat> genealogy. Like that genealogy of this film. Okay, because it starts with 1921 and uh, Zane Gray's book, The Mysterious mm-hmm. Rider, which the storyline you have covered quite well. Mm-hmm. And the very first Mysterious Rider film was uh, 1921, and it was done by HOD uh, Productions, which was W. W. Hodgkinson at Silent. The next time it reoccurred was in 1927 with Jack Holt starring as the mysterious writer. And they have one of the greatest uh, posters I've ever seen for a Western movie. Hmm. It just blows your mind. And that was another thing. Uh, unfortunately, because we're not visual, we need to do some, figure out a way to do a show on movie posters mm-hmm. because th- this era, 
from the silence all the way up through the 40s is some of the greatest graphic art I've ever seen. That, that'll probably be a, a special YouTube presentation. We could do that, yeah. You know, Something that, to look forward to. I think that'd be then, cool. the next the next incarnation was 1933 uh, with Kent Taylor and uh, Lona Andre. They shot that out at uh, Paramount Ranch in California. Then we get up to today's show, which I'm going to skip for now. And the latest incarnation was 1942 with Buster Crabby and Al St. John, directed by Sam Newfield. And they shot that one at Corriganville and Monogram Ranch. And that's the genealogy. Corriganville is located just... Uh, the north, it, the just north of Lone Pine, end, northwest it? end of Simi Valley, up up in the hills. Yeah, uh, just north of uh, uh, of Lone Pine. Oh no, 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 no! no? It's down south, south down, of Lone Pine. Down by it's down by the uh, San San Fernando Valley. Oh, down that. It's part. at the far end. I of the San, Up in it's up in the Simi Hills area. Because the the scenery uh, from Lone Pine and on the Corrigan Ranch. Awfully well, the rock, the rocks around there, because like the fort in in yeah. uh, Rin Tin Tin, yeah. those rocks are famous, and that's where the town Corganville was built yeah. around. And there, yeah, it's, it's what's neat about it is, or unneat, is that it's so uh, nondescript, the, the scenery around it that you, you could fit it into almost any any western of the period. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting uh, part here about that very first. Mysterious writer from 1921, the uh, guy who uh, plays the good guy is the guy who plays the bad guy in the Buck Jones movie, Jim Mason. Oh yeah, <laughs> and his son was also was was a very was, work came in after him and was also a, a top heavy in the westerns. Well, before you continue on there, let's do another commercial break here okay. because it is that time to uh, do that sort of thing. So. Um, if you'd like to get involved in our conversation here, you got something you want to throw out, something you want to ask, something, <clears throat> some suggestion you have, and uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be more than happy to cuss and discuss it with you. Eight four four nine zero eight West is the number. Eight four four nine zero eight nine three seven eight. We will be back with much more right after these important messages. <laughs> Voices of the West will be right back. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, for First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com. 
and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Polash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Hi, I'm Wyatt McRae, grandson of Joel McRae, and you're listening to Voices of the West. Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Yes, we are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander and Bunker de France. Indeedly do. Here on a Saturday afternoon for us. Whatever day it happens to be that you're listening, that's a good day too. You know, you can find our show uh, podcast-wise. You can find it in a lot of places. Uh, Among the places, Radio Public. You can subscribe there. You can subscribe and listen to at redcircle.com. You can also listen on spotify.com. Our podcasts are distributed there. And we got a couple of them up over on iTunes and Google Play, but, you know, these are the ones. In other words, we can be found in low places. Yeah, lots of places. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of places. Anywho, we are talking today about uh, our movie that has just been uploaded to our YouTube channel. It's called The Mysterious Writer from 1938. It stars Douglas Dembrill, Sidney Toller, who was Charlie Chan, number two, and Russell Hayden, who was Lucky Jenkins. Yes, indeed, he was. So uh, that that's what we're doing. And th- this movie was directed by uh, Leslie Sealander, who, uh, if you're a, a, an aficionado of Western B-Westerns, you know the name Leslie Sealander because he does a bunch His of action. His mom and dad knew it, too. Yeah, a bunch of action movies. Yeah. 
Well, you know, let's let's kind of delve into the some of the folks that were involved in the production of okay. this. And I want to start out with one that's kind of an homage to Emil, because uh, Mr. Franzi loved the music, and he was a lover of opera. And the fellow who did compose the music for this, well, he, him and Emil would have hit it off well. <laughs> His name was Gerard Carbonara. He was, uh, lived from 1888 to 1959, so they would have had to met when he when uh, Gerard was old and Emil was young. Mm-hmm. But he was a composer, <clears throat> a conductor, a violinist, uh, educated at National Conservancy New York on a scholarship and at Naples Conservancy. Uh, he studied with Martucci Dvorak. He was an opera coach in Milan in 1910, uh, concert violinist and an opera conductor throughout the U- uh, Europe and the U.S., member of ASCAP, uh, composed uh, several popular uh, compositions. He uh, he was also nominated in, uh, what year was it here, 1944 for an Academy Award in Best Music Scoring of a Dramatic Comedy or Action Picture, and the movie was The Kansan, released in 43. How about that? Oh, that's true. Kansan, and, uh, You'll love this. He shot. I've got a short list of filmography, and I'll just run through a couple of them real quick, like uh, just so we can move on. But Comanche Station, Apache, uh, Arizona, Alaska Seas. Boy, I'm getting over. Bob Wire, uh, Colt uh, Comrades, Leather Burners, Buckskin Frontier, Pirates on Horseback. He did a bunch of hoppies, mm-hmm. Border Vigilante, and he also, literally his his credits are in the hundreds, because what he also did was he was composer of stock music and additional music, which meant that he worked in all these pictures where it might have been a big-time composer that wrote the theme or mm-hmm. the, the major music in there, but when it came to, you know, the music behind the running horses or the dance hall thing or whatever going on. Incidental music. That was the incidental music. And that was the bread and butter for just tons and tons of these uh, composers Mm -hmm. and writers out there. And Emil used... I know he could do a whole show on this guy. I know, and the guy's fascinating. You know, when you look at at the pictures that he worked on and probably the people that he worked with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are these are a lot of folks. That the the whole ball of wax was uh, produced by uh, Harry Sherman. Yes, uh, Pop Sherman, big time producer of uh, B westerns and uh, lots of other things. And uh, for hoppy aficionados, he did a, almost all, if not all, of the uh, early hoppy movies up until forty. One or two, shortly maybe three. after he moved over to his own production company, something of yeah. that nature. So eight four four nine zero eight West. If you'd like to uh, get into a conversation here with us, eight four four nine zero eight nine three seven eight. Or if you well, are shy, you can send us an email at voicesofthewest yeah. at gmail dot com. Or a postcard, you know, or a postcard. And yeah. I don't have the uh, well, carry. Carry pigeons aren't working today. Yeah, okay, we're well, on strike. Yeah. Passenger pigeons. They're on strike. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, why don't you talk to us a little bit about Leslie Sealander? Because I, I want to share the, share the glory with you. Well, 
His career lasted more than 40 years. It started in the early 20s. He was a teenager when he got a job at a studio as a lab tech, and he soon found his way into the production end of the business and secured employment as a uh, camera operator, then an assistant director uh, with several side trips as a director of uh, two reels. The Fiddle, 1934, A.D. He was not necessarily considered. He directed his first feature in 36, uh, which was uh, a western, and uh, he was not really considered an A-list director, but he had uh, the professionalism and such that uh, made many of the fellow B directors uh, you know, wonder how can I get that. <laughs> he had the magic touch yeah. because he did a, he did around 127 features, uh, probably over a hundred television episodes and whatnot, yeah. and. The thing is, you know, people sometimes look and say, well, he didn't, he wasn't a John Ford. But you know what? The B Westerns and the other yep. B pictures is what paid for the A A movies getting made. And we These ma- were the bread and butters. Of the and studios. we talk about that ad nauseum every time we talk about one of these uh, directors that uh, or B's, B movies, that how important they were. And they were good. Well, you know, they for you know, what they were, they were good. Yeah. This is a hobby horse of mine. They're, they're not four stars. Yeah. I mean, you know, come on. But they created just they created heroes. They're good entertainment. Well, here's the thing too. You know, it's like I, one of the things I've discovered. You know, being in, being working in the business for thirty years, and then just still in love with it, studying it. Doing the show now, doing all this deep research that I try to do, it's about a half inch deep. But one of the things that well, I discovered. And the writing is real small, too. <laughs> yes. And one of the things that I discovered, though, is movies that I would see, and I'll give you the perfect example for me, was McClintock. Mm-hmm. I saw McClintock, I thought it was hilarious. It was one of my favorite pictures. Mm-hmm. And back then, you know, you wouldn't see him for years until finally they get to TV. I saw it again, and I went, man, that's lame. <laughs> well, I watched it again. Over the years, I'd, I'd watch bits and pieces of it, watch it again, bits and pieces. And over time, it became an old friend. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things, you know, that we, you know, we, get, we were a throwaway society, and we throw away our entertainment. We watch something, and you throw it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny because we got young kids today that have seen Game of Thrones a hundred times, mm-hmm. yet they won't they won't stick their toe in the water for a, a mysterious writer. And I guarantee you, if you sit there with the right frame of mind, mm-hmm. and you sit there to enjoy it, not to not to make fun of it, not to put it down, but just exact accept it for what it is—a reflection of 1938. Yeah, you know what. You're going to grow to love it, and it's going to grow to be an old friend. That's how you get hooked on these things. That's how, that's how I got my wife hooked on these things. Yeah. And, and and she, uh, you know, every Saturday night is settle-up night. And yeah. We have, uh, I don't know how many we've got in our uh, DVR queue to to watch uh, in the Hoppa, the Hopper queue. Um, but... We watch them, and a good six hours yeah. of, of that, and then if we decide to retire to the back room, we will watch on uh, the TV in the back with the fire stick and go smaller find... Smaller screen? No, nah, it's a little smaller, but uh, we'll go find... You just squint harder. Yeah, that's it. We'll, we'll, do, we'll find a bunch of other 
westerns that we'll watch until we fall asleep. And mm-hmm. that's just how it is at my house on Saturday night. Lots of fun, isn't it? Yes, as a matter of fact, it is. <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you, it's like part of my daily ritual. I get up in the morning, and I don't, I really, since I'm doing the show, I don't watch near as much as I used to, mm-hmm. which I, I, I miss it. Cause, but the first thing I do is I'm I working you too hard, am I? <laughs> Well, no, I I, I want I'd rather, I would rather be doing the research. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I it's so I'll look, I'll, but I say the first thing I do, I get up, I turn the TV on, I turn it to the Get Channel, mm-hmm. and I look and see what's on that day, and I'll go ooh ooh oh yeah mm-hmm. ooh, ooh gotta, and then end up doing research. But that's that's how neat and important they are. I'll, I'll still when I've got the. I'll, if I have like watching the news for the weather, the commercial comes on. Mm-hmm. I'll switch over and watch a couple of minutes because you know they take five minutes of news, uh, five minutes of commercial and, for a minute of news, yeah. and then another five minutes. Yeah, and I can I'll see a few minutes of a scene, and there's movies I discovered that I went, ooh, I've got to watch that one. Speaking of commercials, we've got to do our last commercial yes. break here, and um, don't turn away from these because these are folks who sponsor our program, and uh, they're folks who you should uh, get in touch with and check out their wares. So and they can become old friends. See, there you go. That's how that all works. And if you want to join us in the waning moments of the program, eight four four nine zero eight West eight four four nine zero eight nine three seven eight. We'll be back right after this. Emil Franzi's Voices of the West will be right back. Old-time Western radio shows, every Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, only on VOW Radio. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checkered stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. The Tucson Trap and Skeet Club has served Southern Arizona since its original incorporation in 1948. We have a 9,000 square foot clubhouse with a restaurant and lounge, and we're open year-round for all your sporting needs. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Come out and join us at our world-renowned facility located here in the Old Pueblo, Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. For more information, call 883-6426. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. Hi there, my little friends. If you were playing baseball and the baseball was knocked across a railroad track, I'm pretty sure when you got to that railroad track, you'd stop, look, and listen, wouldn't you? Now, please remember that any street in America is just as dangerous as that railroad. So when you get to the curbstone, stop, look, and listen. 
Will you do that for me? Now, so long until next week. And in the meantime, don't forget to go to Sunday school. Here he comes, here he comes, there was trumpets playing the drums, here he comes, Buffalo Cassidy, here he comes. Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. And there you have it. That is so neat. You know what? <laughs> the city of Tucson should adapt that and play it and make all the TV and radio stations play it because, you know... They're running over kids here in Tucson. They're running over bicycles. They're running into each other. They don't even know what traffic laws are. Well, you see, Bunker, this is the, the here's the problem. You and I grew up where our parents taught us to look both ways, yeah. and it wasn't because of hobby. But uh, our parents taught us to look both ways before we crossed a, a busy intersection or well, thoroughfare not only or whatever. That, but we didn't have these stupid cell phones well, you with go. your head yeah. head down, walking yeah. walking right across the street. You know, and of course, and what makes it doubly dangerous is the driver's got his head down on his <laughs> cell phone. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, that that I think that has a lot suicide a lot of mission. You know, and and I go to the grocery store and in the park parking lot it's navigating pedestrians and they're all head down on the phone but yeah. i anywho i, I put I, a bounty on them i you know i put cow catcher yeah. put cow catcher Ooh, on I my like truck that. yeah <laughs> anywho i play the uh the hoppy uh little insert there for our good friends john and judy camarada who are big time hoppy aficionados as well and big time western aficionados big, yes. big, big time band big time that's right all right we and then the waning moments here of our show about uh, what we've got up on the YouTube channel there. Uh, the latest program that is up there is a uh, pretty good Western uh, called The Mysterious Rider from 1938. And it stars Douglas Dimbrell, Sidney Toller, and Russell Hayden. It's filmed in the Tucson area. Yes. You won't see old Tucson because... This was done before Old Tucson Studios was built. You know, I'm just wondering, you know, because this was released in 38. Arizona was released in 39. Yeah. I wonder, of course, this could have been shot in 37, so yeah. you never know because right, the right. dates are get, get crazy. But I wonder if they were shooting at the same time that they were building Old Tucson or if it was just before. Because Old it. Tucson, they built it, you know, a good year before. Yeah, that's a possibility. Let's see. This this movie was released uh, September of 1938. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things we need to do is we need to talk a little bit while the waning moments. Was that raining or waning? Waning. It's not raining here. No, no, God, okay. no. Well, we need to talk about Zane Gray. Yes. It was the source material. Prolific. And, you know, it was as a kid, I read Zane Gray avidly, mm-hmm. but I read... His kid books, which were all baseball, mm-hmm. you know. And the funny thing is, he earned a baseball scholarship to the University of Pennsylvania, and his ambition was to be a major league ball player. He played he played uh, professional, but he never played in the majors. And just some of his baseball novels, and I recommend these even to folks today. You get mm-hmm. your kid away from the uh, to Kindle and get him a book, real book, mm-hmm. the shortstop. The Young Pitcher, uh, which both of these were published before Riders of the Purple Sage. The Red-Headed Outfield, I highly recommend that one. Um, and other baseball stories. And, you know, that's it. And, you know, just 
one of the things about Gray, too, is that he was, and probably still is, the most filmed Western writer. I mean, his uh, almost everything he wrote was filmed and refilmed and refilmed with different titles and story changing. And, well, you know, you look at Writers of the Purple Sage, <clears throat> it's been done and done and done. Well, and even had... Uh, uh, a television show named after yes, <laughs> Dick Powell's Angry Theater, Theater. <laughs> and you know these. And there was I can remember in the fifties, Zane Gray. It was like, can you remember? You remember the uh, science fiction little? Yeah, mag- yeah. they weren't big magazines. Right, they right. were like little, little pulp pockets. magazines. And Zane Gray mm-hmm. uh, Westerns was a, one of the popular ones. Yeah. Another guy which we should not be looked over was Maurice Garrity. He wrote the script on this. He was. Uh, he wrote. He, well, a ton of westerns, and just to throw a few of them out there at you, uh, besides The Mysterious Rider, he wrote Riders of the Sky, Cowtown, Trigger Jr., well, it's impressive, mm-hmm. uh, Mule Train, Sunset in the West, Trail of Robin Hood. I think he probably did a bunch of uh, of the Roys, because they, they, they have a tendency to find somebody they like and keep go with using them. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see, want to move on? Okay, Russell Harlan, mm-hmm. the cameraman. Uh, he was also uh, the head of the camera department at Harry Sherman Productions, so that's kind of an inside job for him. Yeah. But he also worked for a lot of other people. But just as kind of a short list of some of the things he did beside the mysterious writers. I love the title on this one. I just threw this in there because I love the title because it's not a Western. Deadly as the Female. <laughs> and he also did Tarzan and the Slave Girl. He did, um, what was it, uh, Southside 1-1000, mm. The Man Who Cheated Himself. He worked a lot. He was one of the, one of the you know, go-to, standby, always reliable, give yeah. you what you need and on time. Well, yeah, and we would be remiss if we didn't mention a little bit about the uh, folks who star in uh, this movie, uh, Douglas Dembrill is uh, the main star. He was born in uh, October 1889 in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and died in California in 1974. Uh, he, his distinctive stern features, beady eyes, tidy mustache, and prominent hook nose and <laughs> suave, cultivated presence graced scores of films. Uh, he he was kind of a bad guy. He was first employed as a bank clerk, but caught the acting bug and left his position to work in various stock companies in the states. And uh, he he was he was quite the bad guy uh, for uh, a lot of these movies. Also, we have a, oh, go ahead. a couple of little niblets on him. Uh, he was one of the first Canadian actors to break into Hollywood. And this I want I love this because. Nobody else is going to mention it. But his agent, and this was in 1951, so he might have been a different then, was Atrum Short. Hmm. How many people will tell you who that actor's agent was back then? Not very many. There you go. One of the other uh, co-stars in this film is Sidney Toller. He was born in 1874, died in 1947. He was the son of uh, Colonel H.G. Toller, who was a breeder of trotting horses and uh, he he was an established star of theater by the 1890s, and um, he was a playwright as well. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Stage director. Stage director and author. author. Most notable for him was uh, uh, being Charlie Chan number two. I think he did 22 of those pictures. Exactly 22. And uh, so that's... that's, 38 to 46. Yeah. And so uh, that's Sidney Toller. And then last but not least is Russell Hayden. Lucky. Lucky. He was born in 1912 and died in 1981. And uh, he started uh, his career behind the scenes as a film cutter, cameraman, assistant cameraman, and uh, sound recorder. And then, um, and you know, that's, that's one of those things. Kind of, it's kind of like a John Wayne story. Uh, he was working on one of the because he was doing a lot of westerns because he was also doing wrangling and I think furnishing some horses from time to time. Mm-hmm. But uh, somebody said, "Hey, kid, you're pretty handy. You ought to be in front of the camera." And so he started, and he he was always reluctant about that yeah. when he did it. And later years, he he became a producer and director himself. He did Twenty Six Men up in Cudia mm-hmm. City, about mm-hmm. up, up by Apache Junction. And he did what? What he did another Western series. I can't think of what it is off there. Well, we're out of time anyway. So oh, okay. Next I just, week. Next week. Uh, just tune into our uh, Voices of the West. Uh, YouTube channel and uh, hook up with some of those great old time westerns because they are really good. Don't forget to listen to old time radio tonight at uh, 6 p.m. and it's every Saturday at 6 p.m. The old time western radio. Let's see. It's the adventures of the Cisco Kid and Pancho and Tales of the Texas Rangers. You know, just as we fade out into the sunset watching some of these old obscure westerns it's like watching our beautiful Arizona sunsets when we have the right clouds in the sky yeah. and the sun is just yeah. the right angle. They're just perfect any time of the day or night. Yeah. That's it for this program. Thanks for joining us. We will talk to you again next Saturday here on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.